You're listening to episode 210, Living Well with Alexa Rebecca. It's very easy to see anxiety come along with that because of the constant worrying and fear. And also with rheumatoid arthritis especially, it has a lot to do with inflammation in the body and that can affect your mental health as well. So it's very common that autoimmune diseases will come with some type of anxiety or mental implication. This is the Dance of Life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Tudor Alexander, and I am your host, as always. Follow your bliss, and the universe will open doors where there were only walls. That's by Joseph Campbell. I love that quote to get us started off today. You know, a lot of times we can feel stuck, whether it's in our careers, our relationship, our health, whatever it is. But learning to listen or follow the universe can lead to some amazing outcomes. Many times in my life, and yours too, I'm sure, I've had situations where I didn't really know what to do. And all I did do is just sit and listen, and the solution would come. And that's a valuable skill, especially when we're trained to run, 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 chase, chase, chase. We have to figure it out. We're independent. We're the masters of our fate. And that doesn't always work because there's a lot of other variables in the equation. So learn to listen, you know, learn to tune in and your body in an interesting way to tie this all together, your body, learning to listen to your body can really help you listen in life. Learning to listen to your health, to the signals of your body, to tune into your body, to be in your senses. This is your gateway to practicing more listening with the universe. And today, my inspiring guest that we're going to be talking about the body is Alexa Rebecca. She's a certified holistic health coach and a teacher of healing. She was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis at one year old. Can you believe that? Uveitis at two years old, and she suffered through two years of nearly constant anxiety. She's felt the depths of depression, and today she lives completely free from all of those shackles. Through holistic health, self-love, and spirituality, Alexa has experienced a complete reversal and dismantling of her symptoms. Now, in so much gratitude and light, Alexa is on a mission to share this knowledge and ignite hope, health, and happy living in every person who needs it. If you want to connect with Alexa, it's www.alexarebecca with two C's.com or at the LW Lifestyle. That's on Facebook or Instagram. And also, Facebook, she has a Facebook group, the LW Lifestyle. Live well, basically. That's what that stands for. And she's offering a quick guide to the other side. It's a little mini course. So she's offering that for free. Anybody who's listening, uh, she can also offer 20% off her one-on-one breakthrough calls that she does with people to help, you know, get some action plan on your health to see what's going on, get some clarity 
That's a 90-minute one-time coaching session, uh, and you get a customized health blueprint from that. So it's 20% off of that. Also, she's offering her quick guide to the other side mini course uh, for anybody who mentions this episode. So make sure you get in touch with her about that. Really good stuff there. You know, today we're going to be talking about some effective strategies on regaining your health. Alexa's going to share her own challenges, her own story, kind of how she got to the point of being a health coach and, and working all the things she's working with other people like self-love and self-acceptance, healing inflammation, healing digestive problems, uh, healing her rheumatoid arthritis, healing her anxiety, helping people with their weight and weight loss and, and body acceptance, which is also very important on that journey. So if you have a chronic condition, if you know anybody in your life that's dealing with any of these things that I just mentioned that could benefit from this, make sure you forward this episode to them. Never know the difference you're going to make, and I'm excited to hear what difference this episode makes for you. So if it does, feel free to reach out to me. You can email me, tutor at danceoflife.com. Without further ado, let's live well with Alexa Rebecca. Here we go. On the show, I'm I'm pretty excited. We've, I've been wanting to interview for a little while. Your mom uh, recommended you, obviously, because you do all the health coaching. That's sweet of her. Uh, how long have you been doing the health coaching stuff? Since 2018, I got certified in January of 2019. So a couple years. How does that work with health coaching? I'm I'm curious because now that's becoming a big thing. I mean, if you look at medicine, yeah. um, I think the future is going to be individualized medicine, individualized relationships, you know, with, with people. I really hope so. Yeah. I think yeah. it's mo- moving in that direction. And, and how does that work as a health coach? I mean, obviously like you, there's some certifications you can get, but there's a lot of people that do health coaching. So how, yeah. How does that work with like HIPAA laws or is there, are there any types of situations? Yeah. Like yeah. You've still got to follow all the laws. Well, at least I do just in case. Um, so anytime I work with someone, there's a contract there and everything is very private, kept very private. All of their medical information is in a locked file. Um, so other people can't access their information. So I, I try to treat it very, um, carefully and in my certification course, I don't know about any other ones. Um, and there's a lot of health coaches that aren't certified, which I think is fine. I actually think there's a lot of people that can do it without being certified, but you get so much more information if you are certified. Yeah. Um, but they kind of, in my course, they went through the whole legal aspect of things. So that was really helpful. What made you want to be a health coach? I mean, was this, were you always interested in health was it, or was there like a breaking point for you where you're like, oh man, I need to really get into my health and something needs to change? Both. So I've always been very interested in health and nutrition. It's been something that I've studied for years and years and years. But once my health kind of declined and I was in a very scary place, that was when I decided to take a look a little bit further. Um, So both. But I, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was one. And I had it up until I was about 13 went into remission and then in my in um, my junior year of college it came back and it wasn't like a slow progression it was just back and with it came panic attacks and anxiety and so I got to a point where 
Um, you know, I was at school, so I didn't have my normal doctors around, and I wasn't really fond of the medication that I was on when I actively had rheumatoid arthritis. So kind of for fun, but also slightly out of desperation, I just decided to see, are there any other options for me? And that was when I found holistic health. And it seemed very interesting to me. And I started reading success stories. And I just decided to give it a try. And when it started working quickly, I knew there was something there. And so once I realized that this is something that actually is valid, I wanted to learn a lot more. And just in doing research to learn more, I found that I could make this be a living and get certified and be a health coach. And until then, I didn't know what a health coach was. I had never heard of it. Um, and now I hear of it all over the place. I don't know if that's just because I'm in the community or not. But um, just knowing that there was a place where I could get all the information all in one spot, I knew I had to do it. And it just felt right. And again, once I started seeing that it worked for me, knowing how scary it was at first, I knew and I know there are so many other people out there like me in that situation that could use all the help and any other options that are available to them. And I just wanted to be able to share what I know. Rheumatoid arthritis is uh, autoimmune, right? Yes. And is anxiety common with that? I think anxiety is just common across the board. Right, yeah. Even with no underlying issue. But I think anytime you have, anytime you're diagnosed with something that you're told is incurable and it's progressive, it's very easy to see anxiety come along with that because of the constant worrying and fear. And also with rheumatoid arthritis, especially, it has a lot to do with inflammation in the body. And that can affect your mental health as well. So it's very common that autoimmune diseases will come with some type of anxiety or mental implication. What did you do? I mean, so you're not dealing with that anymore, right? Is that something that you have for the rest of your life and you basically just keep it in remission or you are, you've cured yourself of it? People will argue different things. I think the consensus that I've heard the majority of is that you can be in remit. You're in remission. It's incurable. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, if I live my whole life in remission and never deal with a symptom, I mean, you tell me what you think that is. Right. You know? Yeah. So, and what I will say though, is I've noticed there are triggers. So even if I've completely healed myself or fallen into remission, um, there are different things. Like for me, if I have, an excessive amount of sugar or gluten within a day or over the span of a few days, I'll notice in my wrist, especially, they'll just get kind of stiff. So I think there are things that will trigger it. So maybe that's more why I'm leaning towards you go into remission um, rather than it's gone because you still have triggers. But once you're aware of your triggers, you can, you can live as if you don't have it. What are the things you did to, I guess, go on remission? I mean, that's a pretty common, how common is rheumatoid arthritis? I think it's pretty common, right? I mean, a couple million people in the United States, at least. Millions, millions yeah. in the United States. Um, you know, that's a good statistic to know. It's, it's, what's interesting is it's actually far more common in young people than people realize. A lot of people mm. think rheumatoid arthritis as an older people disease, but yeah. it's actually so common, especially now, um, because of different environmental factors and the way our food has yeah. changed. 
it's so much more common in young people now than it ever has been. Hmm. So, and young people don't really understand it. So I think that's why it's fun to kind of be an advocate for that and show people it's okay if you have it when you're young and also there's something you can do about it because it's so easy to get tied up in the scariness of it because it is progressive if you don't handle it and the medication is nothing short of terrifying in my opinion and it, it all comes with side effects so what does the medication do like as a side effect like what's the dangers of it so the one that i was on specifically it was methotrexate and it's actually a chemo drug or was wow really yeah um, I don't know if they use it for that anymore, but that's what it was known for originally. And um, when I took it, I couldn't keep it down for more than five minutes. I was vomiting afterwards to the point where I just stopped taking it. I actually never told my parents. That's horrible. This was back when I was um, much younger, but I just stopped taking it because I couldn't keep it down. It made me feel so icky and... Um, and some of my clients who have been on it, it causes them pain, just like internal pain. Wow. And I had to get my blood tested every month because it could affect your liver. And I actually had a scare um, three years ago where I was getting high. Oh, now I'm not going to remember because I haven't had to think about it for a while. Um, high levels of, I don't know, my liver was producing high levels of something. And so I went to about four different doctors to try to figure it out. And no one could tell me anything. And they said, well, it's probably just another autoimmune thing since you have that in your history. That was all anyone could tell me. And they're like, I don't know what it is. I don't even know what medication to give you. And I'm like, okay. So that was kind of the beginning of when I started looking into things myself because I had yeah. the arthritis came back. I was having anxiety. Now this liver thing that I never had to deal with. Um, and so, but I had thought, I wonder if it's because all those years I was on methotrexate and I was told it could affect my liver. And so I was like, I wonder if now it's affecting my liver, but since then my levels have completely normalized and are in a normal range. So everything's, everything's good now. What would you say were kind of the top three things, I guess, or what are the top things that you did that you were able to bring yourself out of this without drugs? Decreasing inflammation in my body through food and stress relief. Food is so, so, so powerful, and I don't think we give it enough credit. Mm -hmm. And it's also very damaging, so it can go both ways depending on what you're eating. Um, so I was getting up every morning, first thing, um, decaffeinated green tea on an empty stomach with turmeric and honey, lemons, sometimes a little bit of cinnamon. That's great for just waking up your organs and boost your immune system, which a lot of the um, rheumatoid arthritis medication, it diminishes your immune system. It, it weakens it because they're saying, well, your immune system's attacking your own self. So they try to make it, I don't know all the technical words, but they just try to weaken your immune system basically. And I'm... I understand the logic of that, but it's just over time, it's not the health, it's not healthy. It's not helping you. Um, so, and then I completely changed my diet. I cut out gluten, I cut out dairy, cut out refined sugar. Um, and I did that for about a year. And since then I've been able to reintroduce some things back in. I still don't do any dairy. Every once in a blue moon, I'll have a little bit of gluten, but for the most part, I stay away from that. And I really don't have 
sugar at all, refined sugar. So natural sugars and fruits and things like that. I still have honey. I still do maple syrup. Every once in a while, I have chocolate chips. But other than that, I really don't eat Love my chocolate, mom. Yes, me too. So every once in a while. Um, and then I kept my muscles and joints moving. And I think that's another thing um, that a lot of people with joint problems don't realize is that it's actually better to keep those moving. Even if it hurts to move it, just massaging it, getting blood circulating to that area. But if you stop moving those joints, it's only going to make things progress more quickly. Um, at least that's what I've seen. So keeping, I just tried to exercise as much as I could. I was stretching. I remember when I was younger, um, there were nights when, so I had a few pretty bad flare-ups that I can remember, and it was always in my knees. And I would kneel on the ground and just sit my butt back as much as I could. And my goal was to get my butt to touch the back of my heels. Wow. And it would take me almost a week of doing that every day because it would be so painful to just sit down on my butt. And it's like something that no one thinks about, but if I feel like if I hadn't done that, my knees would have just completely locked up. So keeping the joints moving is so, so important. And um, what was the other thing? Stress relief. Stress is such a big thing too. So you've really got to focus on reducing stress, which is hard when you've got a chronic illness and everything else going on. Um, but I got, ended up getting a therapist to work with me on some of those things because I knew a whole lot about the nutrition side of things, um, which also actually helps regulate your mood as well. But so I was speaking with a therapist for some stress relief techniques and also helping with some of the anxiety and then really doing everything I can to reduce inflammation in my body through nutrition and exercising too. And those were kind of the first big things that I went for and within a month I started seeing results and I think within eight to nine months my symptoms were gone so wow. a lot of consistency it does take some dedication especially when I mean I changed my diet completely and that's not an easy thing to do especially when you know, in my 20s, that's your social prime. So going out to eat with friends and stuff, it was tricky for a while, but you get so used to it. And now it's like, I don't even remember how I lived any other way. Do you do a lot of meal, meal prepping or do you have like a system of any kind? I don't. So now I'm working from home. When I was working in an office, I did do meal prep a little bit. Um, not much. I would only prep for like a day or two out. But now I just make meals as I go. And I really enjoy cooking. And it's kind of a creative process for me. Um, it's one of my spiritual practices that I'm working on, just getting yeah. creative with my cooking. So that's what I'm doing now. There's a therapeutic uh, benefit for those ordinary things. You know, just yes. being, in, being in your Absolutely. body when you're cutting a cucumber or whatever else, you know. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. What do you think, like, with anxiety, because I had panic attacks in college, too. I think everybody at some point in their life deals, and I, it was bad, man. I mean, it was, I, it got so bad, and today I don't deal with it at all, but what, um, what was it for you? Like, what was your trigger to get you anxious? Like, what was the, what was the trigger that made you spiral into anxiety? Or even today, like, is that still an issue every now and then when there's a particular trigger 
and what happens and what do you deal, what do you do with it? So I think the most frustrating part about my panic attacks and anxiety were actually that I didn't feel like there was a trigger. It would just be random. And so that almost made me feel more anxious because I was trying to figure out why is this? Because I wanted to control it so bad and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I just remember in college laying in my bed and I would call my dad in the middle of the night and say, I think I might be having a heart attack. Can you just stay on the phone with me in case I pass out? So someone knows it was terrifying. So I'm right there with you. And I'm sorry, that's something you had to experience because panic attacks are, man, just not a good time at all. (laughs) But so I don't know, I couldn't figure out a trigger back then. Now I probably, I don't, I mean, gosh, knock on wood. I don't know if I have any around, but I haven't had a panic attack in over a year. I get little bouts of anxiety here and there, um, but now I always know because now I'm in a, I've gotten so much more into spirituality lately, and that's kind of where my healing has taken me. It kind of went from nutrition to health to spirituality, so that's the wave I'm riding right now. Um, so now I'm very good at pinpointing it. I feel like when I feel anxiety come on, I can manage it pretty quickly. And now instead of trying to control it, I'm able to sit with it, maybe ask some questions about why it's here. Um, and that helps me feel so much better. And because I dealt with it so intensely in my past, I have a lot of tools and resources now that I didn't have then to be able to manage it. So my anxiety is so, so manageable now. And again, it's it's very very, I don't deal with it very much at all, thankfully. You had a, a, an answer to this question on my, I have a, nobody knows this who's listening because there, there's no visual for it, but there's a sheet that I have everybody who's a guest on my show fill out. And you had an answer to one of these questions that just, it blew my mind. I was like, this is amazing. I, I've never had anybody <laughs> answer this in such a spiritually, I'm going to say spiritually evolved way. There's one question on my sheet oh that says, is there anything off limits in the conversation? And, yeah. and your answer was, nope, I'm a firm believer that the truth shall set you free. If my shadows get exposed, it'll be an opportunity to release them even further and send them off with light and love. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I've never had anybody answer that question, so I got to acknowledge you for that. That's, uh, that's, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been what I've noticed what is, about. What has contributed to, to, to your spiritual development lately? Like what's been, what have you been doing? It's just been so free flowing. I really can't explain it. But when I look back to see where it all started, the day that, so I guess I'll take you back to the beginning and fast forward a little bit. Um, But the day I decided to do something about my anxiety and my arthritis, I was sitting in my car on my way to my best friend's house. And I was on the phone with my mom just bawling. And it was the third day that I had waken up, woken up feeling depressed. And all my chi- throughout my whole childhood, I've never been an unhappy kid. And I mean, of course, I had things that I didn't like, but I was, I was always very mentally strong. And I couldn't figure it out. Just like I was explaining to you, there was no trigger with my anxiety. There was no trigger for this depression either. And so once I realized the anxiety had gotten worse and now I was depressed and I couldn't figure it out. Um, The thing I ended up saying to my mom on the phone was, 
I now understand why so many people who are depressed want to commit suicide. And the moment I heard myself say that, I was like, I got to do something. Like, I need help. I can't do this on my own. Um, and that was the day I signed up for therapy. And I that week, I enrolled myself into my holistic health certification program and learned so much. I'm getting chills talking about it because that was such a horrible place in my life. Um, very scary. But so when that happened, I feel like when I look back, it's just like a smooth, also but whirlwind of a situation where I just, I learned so much about nutrition and health. And then I was noticing my symptoms, my physical symptoms were diminishing. And then my anxiety was diminishing. And I was like, wow, this is so great. And I started taking on clients. And then my clients were teaching me things as well. And they were kind of acting as mirrors, which that's another spiritual term, I think, when someone mirrors. Oh, yeah. And then I started getting so fascinated in that. And I, it just kind of all took off from there. And I, I think once you begin a healing journey, it never ends. You keep peeling back layers and layers and healing more and healing more and healing more. And once I got rid of the, or went into remission, I'll say with the rheumatoid arthritis and the anxiety was gone, I think it just opened up space for anything else I was holding on to that was no longer serving me. It opened up space for me to look at that and, and be aware enough about that to be able to do it successfully, if that makes any sense. I didn't intend on going into spirituality and I've never, I really wouldn't say I was ever really a very spiritual person, but I think once you experience magic, and I call it magic because that's how it felt to me, once you experience the magic of curing yourself or going into remission, whatever people want to say, of an incurable disease, you just feel like, what else can my body do? What else can I do? And that's how I fell into spirituality. And it really just kind of came to me. I didn't seek it. It was just something that came to me. I got very interested. And now it's such a huge, huge part of my life. And it's so fascinating to me too. So I'm studying a lot about that. And there's so much that has to do um, um, with spirituality, having a spiritual practice and healing. It's shown in a bunch of different studies. I learned this in my education for holistic health coaching, actually, that if you have a spiritual practice, you will heal, whether it's from a cold or the flu or an illness, whatever it is, so much faster than someone who doesn't have a spiritual practice. And when I first was learning about that, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool, but I didn't really understand it. And I feel like spirituality is one of those things where you really don't understand it until you've experienced it for yourself. So, and once you experience it, you feel like you're made of magic. And we are. I'm a firm believer that you're, we're all made of magic. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. So, yeah. And it's just been so fun. Gosh, it's really fascinating. Anyone interested in looking into spirituality, it's really just fascinating. So I encourage people to take a look at it. What do you think your biggest lesson has been? I mean, spiritual lesson from these diseases? Because I, I believe that every, everybody's on the spiritual path. And I think when you, oh, become a, when you become aware of that, you begin to see 
why the things happened in your life the way they did because yeah. we all have a unique path with unique traumas and and those traumas are gifts they're, they're ways to see the yeah. world differently so what do you think that your um particular issues like with the, with the arthritis specifically and the anxiety what are the yeah. biggest spiritual lessons you've gained from that that help you with your clients I think it's exactly what you just said, actually, how your traumas end up being your biggest blessings. And when I look back at my journey and where it all began, I'm doing something that I absolutely love to do every single day. And I'm so passionate about it. And I know for a fact I would not have this career if I didn't have rheumatoid arthritis, if I didn't suffer from anxiety, and I wouldn't be able to help people through it either if I didn't experience it myself. Because you know, textbook learning is one thing, but when you've actually gone through it yourself and experienced it firsthand and can get inside the head of your client, it, it's just so much more helpful that way. Um, and so like you said, just looking back, it all makes sense. Everything that I was upset about, I can see now where that saved me from something different or it strengthened me for something in the future that I couldn't see then that I'm living now or that I see now. And I think that's the biggest lesson was that as scary as so many of those experiences were for me. And I pray I never have to re-experience those things. It made me so much stronger and it set the trajectory of the rest of my life. And it, like when I look into my future now, I'm so excited about it. And I, I don't think I could have appreciated that if I didn't go through what I went through. Yeah, it's uh, the, price of, the price of life is discipline, right? We have to... Yeah. <laughs> What do you, what's your favorite part about what you, what you do as a coach? I love seeing people experience the magic. I know I keep saying magic, but that's really how it feels to me because it's something that we're not told is possible for us. And so when you're able to have someone see, because I'm not, I don't need to convince anyone of anything, but it's just cool when someone goes into it being like, hmm, I wonder if this will work. Maybe it will, maybe it won't, but I need to do something, so I'm giving it a try. And when it helps them and they have that first day of relief, it's so fun to see that and to have seen where they started and how they've grown. And then when that day turns into a week and turns into a month, and it's just like they're... You're, just from that, someone's life will change. Because once you experience what your body is capable of, if you give it the right things that it needs, you feel, I can't explain the feeling. It's just amazing. I don't think we've been told enough how powerful we are. And I, I think it's such a cool thing for someone to actually experience for themselves. It's one thing to be told your body can do this, but when you see it and you experience it and go through it, it's so cool. And knowing how it feels, I love watching that for my clients, watching them go through that. Any recent uh, success stories? I always talk about my very first client because I love her and she's amazing, but she had more than rheumatoid arthritis when she started working with me. She had um, lupus and she had nerve damage and nerve issues. I'm sorry, not nerve damage, but um, I forget what it was called, but she just had chronic pain and they were, she was told that it was a nerve issue. Um, she had candida, a list of things. And she was an avid workout 
person, exercise or fitness person, and she had stopped working out and was very upset about that because that was something she had identified with for such a long time, but it was painful to do that. And I worked with her for three months. Within a month, the candida was gone and um, she was starting to feel so much better. And I remember the text, I actually think I saved it. And this was back in 2019, beginning of 2019. Um, and she told me about her doctor's visit and her doctor told you, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you're doing, keep doing it because it's working. And just all of her blood work, her levels, everything, it was, it all looked so good. And now she is hiking all the time in the mountains and doing all this stuff. And she's active again and so happy and loving life. And I just think that's amazing. So amazing. And then someone else I spoke to, I didn't work with her for a long period of time, but she was one of my breakthrough call clients. Um, so it was like a one-time coaching deal. And she um, suffered from histamine intolerance. And I actually don't like to take the um, credit for her healing because she did such a great job doing everything on her own. And she actually took the same course I took. That was how we connected. Um, but I kind of gave her a blueprint of what to do. And she's completely, she does not have histamine intolerance or has gone into remission, whatever you want to say. And she's thriving. She's doing so many amazing things, doing yoga every day, very active. It's just really cool to see what your body can do when you allow it to do these things. What is histamine intolerance? Gosh, she can explain it to you. So what I, my vision of autoimmunity and really most, I won't say all, but most chronic illnesses, I don't treat different clients differently. Everyone gets things tailored to them, but what I notice is what's custom to them has more to do with their stories and their upbringing and um, more of like trauma and emotional things. But treating the disease, it's all very similar. I mean, really, if you focus on reducing inflammation and reducing stress, fueling your body right, that's going to help you with most anything. Um, but I think it had to do with a lot of food sensitivities. She had a lot of food sensitivities, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't want to speak wrongly on that. She was the only client I worked with with histamine intolerance, and that isn't really my specialty, so I didn't know a whole lot about it, but she just wanted to chat with me to see what that was like, and also she wanted to be a coach too, so she wanted to see what that would look like, um, so I helped her out, but she's, she's awesome. How did you, the other one, how did you get rid of the candida? I'm curious about that. Food, that a lot be, of it is food related. That could be a stubborn, like, overdose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of that is food related. Um, and anytime you bring food into the mix, which is all the time with my clients, um, you go through an elimination diet just because I still think, even though in general, it's pretty much the same protocol with food, but there really is no one size fits all diet. And I actually just made a post about that on my Facebook, but I, the food, some foods that are amazing for one person might be poison to another person, at least until they heal. So it, the beginning, especially with food, it's a little bit of trial and error. I'd have to look back into her notes to see what, what we did for her with her food, but it's all food related. It really is all food-related, stress relief. Again, taking out the um, inflammation as much as you can and 
getting um, an increase of antibacterial foods, which there are those. We rely on antibiotics, but there's so many foods that have antibacterial properties. So, yeah. Yeah, I know like garlic, uh, garlic and oregano oil are pretty, pretty strong. Yeah, pretty potent. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. But yeah, anything like that. There's foods that trigger things like that. Um, for instance, sugar is actually a big one. Alcohol is a big one. So just as much as you're adding food in, there are a lot of foods that you have to remove, at least until you heal up and are doing better. And then you can slowly introduce things back in. But the biggest part is really just the food. It's so powerful. So, so powerful. What do you think of diets? What's your opinion on any kind of diet? There's so many diets now, keto, paleo, intermittent fasting. I mean, what do you, what do you think about that? I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan of any of the fad diets. I think um, eating more intuitively. And honestly, if you increase your fruits and vegetables and water and decrease sugar, alcohol, gluten, I honestly believe everyone should be reducing gluten, even if you're not cutting out, cutting it out, just reducing it. But absolutely, if you have an autoimmune condition, gluten should be the first thing to go. Um, but then it goes even deeper than that with the fruits and vegetables. And also there are some people that actually have an inflammatory response with certain fruits and vegetables. So again, that's where it's kind of on an individual basis. But for the most part, if you clean up your diet, that's all you need to do. It can, and it's so much easier to be sustainable that way, where if you try to do keto or um, I don't even know, whatever any of the other bad diets are out there, it's hard to sustain those and they're very drastic. And I just don't, I don't know. And a lot of people say cutting out gluten and sugar is drastic. And it does feel that way for a little while. But once you feel how great your body feels, it's so easy to just keep your lifestyle moving that way. And now so many different companies have come out with different gluten-free things and sugar-free things. So it's a lot easier to be gluten-free today than it was five years ago, which is really, really nice. But whole foods, fresh produce, I mean, that's, that's the way to do it, in my opinion, rather than trying to find or follow specific guidelines for other diets. You know, a lot of people that are looking to lose weight have also, you know, in the things that I've researched and experienced and is a lot of limiting beliefs when it comes to yeah. your own body weight, which is all tied into the, the weight. And I know you talk a lot yeah. about that. So what is your opinion about the relationship between somebody's internal belief systems and mm -hmm. their, you know, limiting beliefs, let's put it that way, and right. the weight that's expressed physically on the outside? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. So, when I have people come to me wanting to lose weight, I say, okay, forget about losing weight, focus on getting healthy because they're, and this actually ties into the diets too. So many people will focus on weight loss when they want to lose weight. And that doesn't mean you're actually getting healthier and you could actually be doing things that aren't healthy. And even if it helps you lose weight, it won't be sustainable because you, you aren't healthy and so it'll always come back but to speak to the emotional point I just think that whenever we carry excessive weight there's emotional weight hidden in there somewhere too um, and 
I say this in the most respectful way possible, but our outer um, image, I think, is a very good reflection of our inner and self-image. And um, I think you really have to focus on loving yourself first. And what you'll find in a lot of people that are carrying a lot of weight is that they're not happy with themselves, which is why they want to lose the weight. And I think it's, we've been taught to see it backwards where it's like, okay, well, once I lose the weight, I'll be happy. But in a lot of cases, the weight is there because you're not happy. So if you don't fix the happiness on an internal level first, it'll be very difficult to, to lose the weight. And a lot of people are attached to their stories too. Um, and so in a subconscious way, they actually don't want to let go of the weight, even though they want it off, they want to feel more confident, whatever it is. Um, but if they're holding on to their stories or their upbringing or these beliefs they have about themselves, they're holding that weight on and they don't even realize it. So I think nutrition and emotional work really go hand in hand. Don't focus on weight loss. The weight will naturally come off once you focus on yourself and getting healthy. And um, I think for all the people that are saying, I've done all the right things and I'm working out and I'm eating clean and all that, then the next thing to look at is what, what are you holding on to inside? Why, why are you unhappy? What have you been carrying with you through life that you haven't let go of yet? And once that's released and healed, People will be amazed at how quickly the weight will come off. So it, it does, yeah, you need to do the emotional work too. Yeah, and you know, I think it, it's a big part of it is self-love and, and self-acceptance, yeah. you know, and, and being able to look at yourself in the mirror and and see what you're grateful for and what you appreciate about yourself, what you feel yes. proud of yourself. I mean, that's... Those are the hardest things to do. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And that was something I haven't dabbled into until about a year ago, maybe. So, and once I learned it, I was like, man, I wish I knew this when I was healing in the first place because I think it could have gone much more quickly and smoothly. But that's true. Now, when I work with clients, that's where we start. We start with self image and self worth and the internal work alongside the nutrition. That gets started pretty quickly, too. Um, but the emotional side of things is so, 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 so important. And I just don't think any healing can be sustained until that's taken care of. And like I mentioned earlier with spirituality, it's like once you heal one thing, it peels back a layer and then the next thing to be healed is revealed. And it, it doesn't really ever stop, but it's also such a beautiful journey and transformation. And you can look back to a year ago and realize how much you've changed in such a great way. And it's just really cool. It really, it's magic. It's really just magic. I like that. Uh, yeah, I do too. Clearly. I don't know. <laughs> what's the, what's the, what's been the hardest thing for you to love about yourself? Ooh, um, man, I've made some, I've made some mistakes. Who hasn't? But I think, the hardest thing for me has been owning responsibility or I guess the lack thereof. Gosh, that's such a great question. I'm thinking of a few things. Um, I'm trying to think what I, 
healed up first because I've been doing a lot of internal work. Um, I think it goes back to relationships and where I thought I was doing something great for myself and others. It was actually really horrible for me. Um, And so I think maybe the fact that I didn't love myself and all this time I was going through my life feeling like I felt so good because I was such a good person and I tried really hard to be good people for everyone else, but I was drained. I'm thinking of so many things. Um, like people <laughs> coming out smoothly, but I think it's just that it was hard for me to own responsibility for how my life was and also very hard to come to terms with me trying to be a good person for everyone else was actually not helping me or anyone else. Does that make sense? I don't know if that's going to make sense for anyone. Yeah, I mean, basically just like people pleasing and exactly putting people other people's needs or wants first. This is yeah. the saying. It's like you put your your wants over the needs of others. It's, you're a narcissist. If you put your needs over the wants of others, then you're just being responsible. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think before I knew how to cope with things, I've acted out in ways that. I wouldn't do now. And so there were a couple of situations. There were more behavioral things that I had to really, really work on. I spent a lot of time journaling and forgiving myself. Um, and, it, and before I knew how to deal with that, but now looking back, I mean, I have forgiven myself for that and I, I'm totally fine with it, but I carried a lot of guilt for quite a long time. Um, but then I just realized, okay, but I didn't know what I know now. And it was a learning experience. Everything now I see is, is just a learning experience, but gosh, it's all coming back. That question really did a whole lot of things to me just now, but you know, I think it's important. The message I'd actually like to share on that is whatever you dislike about yourself or if you've made a mistake or done something that you don't feel good about, ask yourself, what can I learn from this? And also realize that the reason you feel guilty about it or you don't feel good about it is because that's not who you are. Like that's your body's way of sending you a message saying you're not being your highest and best self. And it's really just as simple as that. So once you realize that, then you can actually feel good about, okay, I'm actually not this person. I just did this thing that was bad, but now I can learn from it. And then you have to figure out how to cope with the feelings that you're dealing with because hurt people hurt people. So if you are hurting other people, then you're hurt yourself and you've got to figure out why that is and heal that up. But yeah. Is there anything you do today, like in your daily routine, that helps you reconnect to self-worth? I start and end my day in gratitude. And every time, every this is embarrassing, but not really. Every time I'm in the mirror, I tell myself I love myself and that I'm beautiful. And... Um, what else do I do? I journal a lot and I write a lot of positive affirmations and I say, I am blank and then fill in all of the things I either want to be or feel I am already. Or if I feel I'm weak in some area, like if I'm not feeling 
beautiful, for instance, one day, I'll write out, I am beautiful, or I am worthy, whatever it is. So I do a lot of journaling, a lot of gratitude work. And um, I've even when I was going through the forgiving and healing of the situation we were just talking about, I would actually hold a picture of myself as a young girl once I realized what the root of that was why I acted out in that way and I traced it back to my childhood I found a young picture of me as a child and I spoke to her I spoke to my younger self as almost separate beings if that makes sense and I said the things to the little girl me that I wish I had heard from other people at that point and I feel like that's actually very um there, you get a lot of good results from that. I recommend other people try that out. It sounds kind of crazy, but it helps. It helped me, at least, speaking to your younger version of yourself um, in her or his time of need. I think that's been really, really helpful, too. Because often it starts there. Our stories about ourselves, our self-worth, starts from our childhood. What do you think was the biggest story that you had to get over? I think... It's actually what I'm working on right now. Um, being not chosen um, and realizing that I've always gone after people that will choose everything else in their life but me because that's what I knew, that's what I grew up with, that's what was just comfortable to me, and that makes it sound like my parents are horrible parents. They're very much not. Um, I have very, very loving parents, but my parents um have both been married three times so i've experienced both of them dating people marrying people and i always felt like once a new girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife was thrown in the mix i was just kind of tossed to the side and i had so many feelings about um specific people that my parents had dated or married and whenever I would bring those feelings to light, they were just kind of brushed aside and not in a mean way. Again, my parents are so, so loving, but, you know, they, they wanted their happiness too. And I, so I'm, there's no ill will, but I just kind of, my experience was my feelings don't matter and people are going to do whatever they want to do despite my feelings. And I was never the chosen one. So now I've noticed in my relationships that I had to work extra hard to feel chosen. And I felt that way in my life too. All I ever earned in my childhood, I always tried to go above and beyond to show my parents, look, choose me, choose me, because I'm doing all of this really good stuff and I'm doing all these things to make you proud. And that's how I am or have been. That's how I have been in relationships. I do all the things and give it my all so that people will choose me and look at me and see my worth. And I've also stayed very quiet about my feelings in the past because growing up, they just weren't very acknowledged and, and nothing really changed by me, by me sharing my feelings. So I just kind of learned that subconsciously now that the things are very different. And I know you spoke with my mom too, and she's very spiritual. And so she and I are constantly sharing feelings with each other. And it's something we've kind of been going through this whole thing together. And that's been great. But, um, that's been the hardest thing for me, and that's the most recent thing that I think I've picked up on because since I moved, I'm from Chicago, and I just moved to Nashville this year. And um, in starting to date again, it's just interesting because I'm 
finding all the same people. So knowing what I know about spirituality, I took a look at myself and I was like, okay, I'm attracting in this type of man. Here's the pattern. How does that show up in my life or in my childhood? And then I figured it out. So now I'm working on releasing that story of I'm never chosen and I have to put in all the effort to show my worth. And that's been really hard for me, partly because it's fun for me to put in a lot of effort, but I've noticed now how draining it is too. And I don't need to be putting in all the effort for crumbs, <laughs> for getting crumbs of effort back. But that's been a tough one for me, but it's been cool to realize that because again, I never thought, I never thought this would be anything I'd ever have to look at. And it just goes back to that day I decided to change things and learn about my health and to now be here and exposing all these other things. It's just really cool. Sounds kind of scary, but it's, it's cool to have something new to work on. Yeah, you're living. I mean, that's what life is about. Yeah. You know, I think we, we tend to cruise on autopilot, but then it's, you, you get stuck that way. You, you live right. like a zombie. You know, it's better to have the challenges and the gifts than, than to not live at all, you know? Absolutely. No, it's very true. What do you, uh, anything coming up, any projects that you got coming up that are exciting? Yes, I am working on a Get Happy program that I'm really, really hoping is finished by the end of the year. Um, and it goes into that inner happiness because I think so many people are focused on finding happiness externally. You know, when I get the guy or when I get the job, when I get the money and you just, it's not the way to find happiness because happiness is a feeling and feeling is internal. And so it's interesting how when we want to feel something inside of us, we reach for all of the things outside of us. So this course will walk through the process of how to go internal to find that happiness because I think it's such a confusing um, topic and it's easy to say, oh, you have to go inside, do the inner work, but what is that? So that's what that course really digs into and helps people find happiness within. And then from there, they can go into healing whatever it is they need to heal. And you can still have all the external things, but if you're seeking validation through there, it's just not going to last. So that's what I'm working on next. That's an online course? Mm-hmm. Yep. That'll be entirely online. Cool. Yeah. That's fun. That's exciting. Yeah. Those are, they take some work, but they're, they're fun. And once you have it done, then you can. For sure. Yeah. It's my first course that I've started because I usually just do coaching sessions over the phone with people. And I've been really wanting to start a course and it is a whole lot more work than I thought, but it's fun though. Again, another creative process. So I've really been into creativity lately. So it's fun to be able to do some of that. What are you most grateful for today? This conversation with you. <laughs> no, I am. I'm just grateful to be where I am in life. I mean, in my apartment in Nashville, I've wanted to be here for years. And so to wake up every morning here, I'm just so grateful and having abilities, all my limbs, everything. It's just, it's a good day. And I'm, I'm excited to chat with you and hopefully what I know can help other people because everyone is capable of doing exactly what I've done. No, it's inspiring. I think that with enough, uh, with a few simple choices, we can transform our lives like crazy. It's just, it's really crazy how simple it is. 
if if you if you really practice gratitude every day if you make some certain changes to your diet simple changes don't eat this you know that kind of thing so many of the world's problems i could i think could disappear you know with with people's suffering and pain i think you're so right if we all focused on our own happiness the world would instantly change because we rely on other people to bring us our happiness and it just can't it can't work that way but if we all focus on our own happiness and we're able to show up as our highest and best selves think about how different the world would be because once you get there you're so full of love and that love you have for yourself you can't help but share it with others and if if more people would go internal and seek happiness that way i just think you're right it would change the entire world i really do think that one person at a time yeah one person at a time that's right hey it's been awesome so glad to have you on the show it's, thank you uh, so much a pleasure. for having me it was a good shout time. out to your I mom for introducing it. us i know she's awesome too. All right, all right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode, guys, with my friend Alexa, Rebecca, and I hope it's inspired you to take control over your health and see that there's always a way out. No matter what's going on, there's always a way. You know, I say life is a dance. Learn to dance it well. I say that at the end of every episode. And what that really means is you're you're going to encounter changes in your life and ultimately understanding how to adapt and move in response to those changes or, quote unquote, the music of your life. That's really the key. You know, so there's always a way out no matter what's going on. And discipline is part of that. And also awareness, knowing what to do and when to do it and having the help of somebody like Alexa with, with experience in health. So if this is something that inspired you, that you have more questions, feel free to reach out to Alexa. She's at www.alexarebecca, that's with two C's, dot com, or on Instagram at the LW Lifestyle. She also has a Facebook group with that same handle, and she's offering a quick guide to the other side. It's a mini course on health for anybody who's listening. You can mention that. If you want to do a breakthrough call with her, it's a 90-minute one-time coaching session. You get a customized health blueprint. She's offering 20% off anybody who mentions this episode, so make sure you check her out, and especially if something you're dealing with something that we talked about in the episode, like rheumatoid arthritis, anxiety, weight management issues, she's... Uh, has a lot of experience doing that and helping people make some good, meaningful change in their life. Hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. Make sure you forward it to anybody who you think will make a difference for. You know, that's really what makes a difference is sharing the news because if one person takes action and changes their life, you change their life too through what you did. Thank you so much for being here. Let's not forget our quote from the beginning by Joseph Campbell. Follow your bliss and the universe will open doors where there were only walls. You know, whatever it, whatever it is that you're going through, there's always an answer. There's always a solution. It's not always easy, but most of the time, it just takes time and consistent effort. That's all. You can control most of, you know, the world around you, but you can control your decisions and how you respond to that. And health is a big part of that. You know, you're not going to always be able to control what happens in your health. Sometimes you're born with a, a disease, a problem, and on, you know, we all have genetic variants that predispose us to all kinds of things. But we have the ability to make choices and to step outside those variants and to alter our destiny. 
So part of that is taking action. The other part is listening to the universe and seeing what messages are there for you. So hopefully this episode inspired you with some messages, with some guidance, with a little nudge in the right direction. Thank you so much for listening. You know, next week we're going to be doing Tuesday Transformation. I'm going to be interviewing Corey Janke. He's the author of a book called Successful Thinking and Leadership. He's a leadership expert. He's a speaker. 30 years as a pharmacist, you know, being one of the top pharmacists around and a lot of great insights on leadership and communication within that leadership structure. If you own a business, if you're in a business, if you're looking to advance your career and take on more leadership, this will be a great episode for you. And so next week on Tuesday, Transformation, we'll be looking at a couple of things to to do that with that, with leadership and, and mindfulness to add into your existing routine and what you do at work. So super excited to share that stuff with you. Corey's an awesome guy, very genuine, very, very nice guy. So make sure you tune in on Friday if you know anybody also who is in their career looking to up their game with, with let's say, a promotion, more leadership, or they own their own business, that kind of thing. We would be interested in how to think and communicate more successfully. Share this episode with them or let them know about Friday's episode because it's going to be really, really good. Until then, your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.